Hi, this is Danny. Gaganda Sai. Welcome to our marketing podcast, Between, Between the Lines. On this show, we take a deep dive into marketing with the best brains out there, figuring out what works and what does not. Hello everyone. Our guest today is Pawan Gupta, CEO and co-founder of an AI-enabled matchmaking platform, Better Half AI. Better Half AI is the first and only matrimonial app in India that does not require any parents involvement. The app currently has over 1 million users and is growing every day. Pawan has an MBA from MIT Sloan School of Management and has over 5 years of experience in the domain of product management roles across consumer social media and SaaS applications. He has worked closely with notable tech houses like Twitter, Snapchat, Yap, and WeChat. Pawan was one of the winners of 40 under 40 data scientists in India by Analytics India magazine for the year 2019. And when Pawan is not working, he loves to sing semi-classical songs. We are delighted to have you, Pawan. Welcome to Between the Lines. Thank you so much, guys, for inviting. Yeah. So, Pawan, uh, to start it off, um, can you please explain artificial intelligence and machine learning in layman's terms um, for our audience? And if you could tell us how you're using it, uh, better half AI. uh yes so um if you look look into how technologies of you know i think prediction has evolved over time um i believe all of us would know basic filtering system right so if you have a certain data you use filter right so if you go to let's say 99 acres if you go to amazon this basic the first thing is we just filter and the search results you now become narrow uh, over time what happened when when the data volume uh, grew you know and let's see uh you know gigabytes and something okay that filtering mechanism may not work it moved to recommendation system so i think that's the genesis of machine learning um, and i think what it actually does is it recognizes a pattern based on how do you train a model and then do you know predictive modeling on that okay and uh, and that's how machine learning becomes advanced and advanced over time but i think the future version of you know machine learning is uh, when Any, uh, I think, a predictive model learns by itself. So rather than let's see uh, training a model, you know, or let's see that just supervising a model or something, when the machine picks up, you know, the learnings by itself and has a predictive model slash recommendations, that's the future, right? That's the AI. So uh, I think we are seeing some good examples of okay, in the industry, which is by moving from machine learning to to the to AI stage. got it pawan so uh, pawan just a small question on that so we are seeing that you 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 mentioned a lot of about machine learning about artificial intelligence i want to talk about emotions as well like human element as well so like you are basically redefining how people love right like how they choose their partners i want to know what are the ethical issues that are associated with it basically yeah um uh, i think we should think on uh, as a company um i think we are committed not to let's see change the natural mating process you know people when they find their partners let's see uh, let let's let's go a little back right um, 30 40 years back when internet was not there right people would still meet right on the mood has changed then telephone came uh, then you know you had you know basic dial up you know you know internet came then broadband came and now it's is very fast and over the phone right you know that has happened so just the medium of the of the connection and the speed of those connections how you we used to find our partners has changed now we have to be wise enough here so let's see you are a user looking to find someone 
I think our role uh, gets limited to uh, reducing your uh, rejection rate, which otherwise would have caught. Pardon. Um, and, and, and next is speeding up the process that you will find the same person or similar person in a faster time. If we do that, then we have provided a more convenient medium for you and a seamless and a, and a faster medium for you to reach to that person, which you wanted to anyways find uh, and, you know, and get married with. That's how our role gets limited to. So I can now uh, state what better half is doing on the product you know, to meet this goal. Uh, so better half today uh, do not want to uh, go into the selection bias problem. We rather want give that control to the users itself. So if you see when users onboard, even though we predict release in community language, you know, height, and certain uh, basic behavioral traits and your preferences of your partner, immediately after five to 10 recommendations, we tell you, is this your partner preference? Did we even accurately predict you? If we didn't, please go and change it. So that's first control, which later on you always have the control to change. Now we see that uh, this is accurate for 90% of the cases that we see. So we find that, okay, this was useful uh, in order to use this, so we didn't change their preference, that's first. Next is later on, you have two uh, broad areas, uh, broad sections of partner preferences. One is must have. So which is, uh, I think your reason, um, you know, your marital status, uh, I think your age, uh, marital status, income, and I think there's one more parameter. And then you have other nice to have, which includes your language, products, and other. We'll always match. We give again that control to you. So if you don't want somebody from, let's see, for example, let's see, you're never married and you do not want to let maybe, let's see, interested in somebody who has separated, separated, or maybe be old or something, right? We give that control to you. So it's vice versa as well, right? If you're divorced, one of somebody who's divorced as well, we get control to you. Reason, we don't do that for you. We ask that for you, okay? Income growth, we ask that okay for you. So now what we see uh, that some of the things that we change um, uh, you know, to if we think you could be masked with other one whom you otherwise would not have been open to. So we state to you that we will be changing these preferences for you. You always have an option to go and change it back. So let's see, if, uh, you know, if you want somebody from the same location, let's see Mumbai, uh, but we think somebody from Ahmedabad or let's say Delhi could match with you. We state that for these preferences, we'll be changing that for you. But the entire system is optimized for higher connection rate per user that leads to higher conversation that leads to higher offline first aid. This is how we, we think we are doing uh, pretty higher okay, than the industry. So our users report and we see from data, they make five to 10 connections per month on very hard product compared to one or two on other matchmaking apps that they do. And 30% and 30 to 40% of them leads to high quality conversation, means back and forth between two people or a phone number exchange. And we then expect that almost half of that leads to a date. So almost for every 10 connections that we're doing, we are doing one date that's just very high you know, you know, in the industry. And we continue to optimize it that way. Uh, post this period, when the first date happens, unfortunately, today we do not have control. On the second, third date, uh, if dates don't go well, people come back. If it goes well, then it leads to exclusivity, 
then engagement and marriage, and then the people report back with the success story. So today we are the end funnel is incoming success story is almost six one per day without doing anything. But the actual ones that we do today, it should be about four to five times, uh, and on a daily basis, like four to five marriages per day, about hundred to two hundred marriages per month is the scale that we have, uh, you know, today. All right. Um. So, um, looking at your company, um, your unique selling proposition seems seems to be that uh, decoupling the involvement of parents in uh, marriages, right? But then, uh, as we all know, the marriage market in India, even the online market, it's it's a very uh, saturated market. We have uh, the likes of Jeevan Sathi and Shadi dot com, and on the dating platforms, I we have Tinder and Bumble as well. So, as a single guy looking for a partner, why would I choose better half over existing players? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll I'll prove it with data, guys. I think I love uh, data. Um, uh, so uh, see, in in India, about twenty years back, right, uh, three very big products came in, and we have a lot of respect for for, for them. Uh, if you look into today's largest matrimony player in India, that's Bharat Matrimony. It's a public company, okay. Hardly entrepreneurs even reach that stage. Uh, in North India, right, you have uh, Shali.com, uh, which has reached you know, the second, I think the I think the second rank like, in the country, uh, and the third is even Sathya, that falls in the info script, okay. All these are these are pretty good players, right? Out there, uh, what we think is uh, the core user base of the traditional uh, matrimonial sites uh, has always been parents, uh, and that was fine, right? About 10-20 years back. And if you look into the basic business model here, somebody gives a phone number, and other party uh, to get to the phone number of the other person pays. That's the typical subscription model. Now that works. Now within the matrimonial sites, about today, what we see on average is about sixty seventy percent of its parents are there, and thirty forty percent are the people, let's see, like us, in urban Indians, working professionals who also create their profile. Now my argument here is for this set of group, they have to go through, let's see, uh, the entire, I think, uh, um, uh, you know, the the group of, let's see parents and relatives and sometimes siblings. And that's a very hodgepodge experience. And, and there's a lot of communication gaps. Sometimes people ghost. And that's when it leads to, number one, a very high rejection rate. And it has happened in my case. I was in the US. It took me about three months of time just to wait for the actual prospective bride to talk to. And I gave up. Okay, because the family was so when you speak to urban Indians, which is typically in top 30, 40 cities of India, LinkedIn crowd earning well uh, in on this, uh, we see a behavioral change happening in the country uh, where they want the first control to choose their partner, go and meet with them, understand compatibility, and then they want to involve their parents. And that change is happening faster than we think. So six years, I think 2014, about six or seven years back, um, when Bharat Matrimony did a, a public, I think, research published in uh, Harvard Business Review, that 90% of the marriages happening in India, uh, you know, are arranged marriages. Okay? When we did our uh, research on this, something about a year back, that number was 45%. And I can bet that, that if we do the same survey, uh, and on something five years back, the reported number of arranged marriages happening within urban India, that would have fallen down below 15 20%. That's the shift that we are powering. Uh, and if you see, do we have anything against parents? Absolutely no. 
we just have put the urban Indians into the driver's seat and parents have moved to the passenger seat and they won't go together and better help will power that trend. Uh, so I think this is, I think the main uh, big thing that as a company, as a platform, you know, that we have done. And for that reason also, why we are becoming and uh, the number one choice you know, for, for people, especially in metro and urban cities, that this is a really good matrimony product meant for them once they're done with their daily kids. Got it, Pavan. So that was really insightful, Pavan. So I want to know when you identified that behavioral change in the customers, like a few years ago, you must have thought about how do we market this product now? So what what is, can you please run us through the past and the present marketing strategies that Pedraf AI, you know, follows and how is it, like, do you have a CMO and uh, how is your strategy different from the current uh, competitors in the market? Okay, so um, okay, let me share actually how we think. And I think it's also related to the genesis of the company. Um, so we started, Bearhopper started, okay, in the US. Uh, Rahul and I, my co-founder, were sharing the same room um, and his engagement broke. Uh, I started looking for a partner. And I think the trend that was coming was anytime if you talk on a matchmaking company, it's really business-driven, very marketing-driven. So frankly, you don't need more techies, right? We don't need different product folks. The product is mostly the same and the marketing and brand and something that picks up. Used to be good. Uh, we don't understand that subject, okay? To be fair, we understand data tech and we thought, can we do something around this area and can we build something with the core, I think, strength around tech and data? And if the product is good and if you are driving, let's see, huge number of connections, huge number of dates, huge number of success stories, the word of mouth will pick up, okay? And we had to wait, okay? Good idea on paper. We just, there was a lot of gestation time. So fast forward, um, I think uh, four years. Um, first of all, I think our uh, mobile driven strategy really paid off, uh, number one. So for two years, like pretty much we're on desktop, not really picking up, but last two, two and a half years, I think the mobile first approach, uh, you know, that helped. Uh, next, what we did, I think we look into the product around two axes, like speed and accuracy. So for speed, uh, we invented as a company single click matching. So just based on your minimalistic information, which is your name, date of birth and gender, we predict 16 demographic traits about you and your partner that happens in just one click magically, which now I think lacks, if not over five lakh users have tested this uh, feature in over the last one year. Uh, so we made this, so people were very surprised, like how can a match, like I can see that too for a marriage partner in like a matter of seconds. So that's something we have done. Now, after that, when we give control, we have elevated the matching for urban angels. We see that mostly, uh, so let's see about 70% of the need of urban Indians still remains around religion, language, community, age, height, those factual parameters, and that's absolutely fine. But 30% of the new need is about behavioral, uh, uh, I think, matching, which is, uh, let's see here, yeah, like pizza, let's see if somebody likes, you know, Italian food as well. Hey, like, I'm a health freak where, like, I like to run, and I find somebody who's kind of, like, who's going to appreciate it. Some people are, like, more career-driven. So some people, like, more, like, see who can actually understand me on this part, right? It's some people are like startup driven versus corporate field, like all of these compatibilities needed. Somebody's like traveler, somebody's more like at home. So we saw that this started picking up. So BetterHub again invented its own tool dimensions of compatibility matching. So we match you based on your mental values, like how do you match like on let's say romantic level, 
uh, let's say, do you like certain kind of food? Like, you know, I mean, introvert, extrovert. So we actually build this model. So this is second thing that we have done. It's a, it's a well-loved feature, okay, among females. So that's second. Third, so by this time, we have onboarded you fast. Your matching is happening on both your factuals as well as your likes and dislikes behavior. After that, look, I can retain you for a day or two, but how do you retain your maximum? So there's a lot of optimization that happen on the curation that we give you. In fact, the total curations that we do on a daily basis is actually 15 back. So if you look into, uh, for all our users, uh, so that's about like, what, like roughly like four, five crores, right? That's exactly the number that we are doing. We process these many matches. And so what we have understood that for a certain user, optimizing volume of the user versus and quality is very, very important to retain you the maximum. So I'll give you a data. And in fact, we might have done over 20 optimizations so far on this to get to this number. Globally, for dating apps, female retention by day 30 is actually not more than 15, 20%. The best products might do like 30%. For matrimony, the female retention usually ranges between 30 to 33%. In better half, it's actually 47% day 30 for females. Okay, so we happen to be what we think we're definitely the top one percentile of all global matchmaking apps, which retains the users maximum, which allows us to keep the curation pretty healthy. This leads to more sent requests, more acceptance requests, more connection rate, and so is the date. So till that time, we are fairly optimized, maybe in a year or two, we will be tracking many, many dates, engagement, marriages. I think that's where also companies moving towards yeah, pretty much like closing on that like entire data like action. So all of these things is something that we do. Uh, so guys, if you see, I think, you know, uh, the core product, if it's so well data and actually tech driven, then it would want to lead to a great word of mouth. Coming to your question about, I think, CMO and marketing, uh, guys, we don't have a CMO, neither we intend to hire one. Uh, so the reason is we are actually getting away from the traditional marketing world that the industry does. And we're moving towards more of a growth model backed by data and measurement. And for that, I think the first pillar of, I would say, product-driven growth is very, very important. So we are investing into shareability referral features. So you will see more and more coming into that. Uh, number two, we are investing heavily into the content-driven growth. So we think uh, people want to enjoy and get entertained with the content. So you will see our Instagram today, uh, it reaches like six or seven million people every month uh, today. Like that's our, reaches us very high on that. Uh, uh, we are investing into, uh, we invested into LinkedIn. Now we're investing into our YouTube channel, uh, Twitter and Pinterest. And at some point it will be Spotify. So those are all important channels where urban is actually spent time. So that's second. Third, I would say a paid, we keep it again strong. It actually helps in giving creativity. So uh, Facebook, Google affiliates is something definitely we actually do that. So we have a specialized team over here. And the last pillar of that is actually the app store optimization and search and optimization. So we have somebody again, uh, quite specialized, I think looking into that. So all of these four, I think leads to the total growth efforts. So sorry, I'm not losing marketing because uh, we don't believe very much into that. And, and what we see that measurement of all of these is very, very important to, un to understand the correct attribution of the user. And let's see the loyalty slash retention of the user and finally the retention of the user. If you have it, then I think the, more, the marketing can run without even a CMO. Okay? Maybe we need a chief growth officer. Okay.
Yeah, but one, as you rightly mentioned, I couldn't agree more. You know, marketing is fluid and we should not box it in uh, one silo. And yeah, as you rightly mentioned, um, engagement is a very valuable currency, especially when it comes to marketing, right? And also, as you mentioned, you make use of many modern social media marketing tools like reels, AR filters, memes, influencer marketing. Um, we, want, we want to understand um, how effective are these tools when it comes to conversions? How much, what percentage of your impression leads to, uh, you know, users actually signing up on better half? Okay, this is one of the best questions. Uh, so I have struggled with that question for a year. Finally, we found a model. Uh, and when I've interviewed many marketers, nobody actually knew that. So uh, somebody started helping us okay, with that. Uh, so look, for all these channels, right? Uh, uh, let's say understand the context of measuring it. If you can't, if you can measure, then you know if work is going well or not. Okay, uh, correct, right? So let's see for a product-driven growth, you can measure. You can know from the product how many people clicked on that button, right? And that led to, let's see, if there's a link, you can track that link and through, let's see, branch or like similar actually attribution tools, you can know using that link, how many visitors come, how many app installs came, then did the user complete the onboarding and so forth, right? So in product, it's very easy, I would say. And okay, it may not be easy, but it's quite uh, doable, you know, to measure that, right? App store optimization, you have all dashboard on iOS and Google Play, you can measure it. Search engine optimization, Google is going to give you Google Analytics dashboard, you would know the distribution of how the visitors actually have, you know, has been growing, what are the different channels, and if you have set the goals, you would know, did the exact conversion on web or mobile happen or not? Okay, cool, all good. Paid, Facebook, Google, okay, and then affiliates. You would have your own dashboard, and these companies want to hide you. Can again measure. The biggest problem here is the content. Okay, so let's see if we invest into content. Okay, you are on LinkedIn. Let's see all of us, right? Maybe you're on LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, right? Quora, right? Sometimes Spotify, and maybe right. You've also heard about that, right? From a friend, right? So let's see um, if it's a single point attribution which generally doesn't happen, you can still measure it, okay? So here's an example, right? So let's see, a friend told you that, uh, you know, your friend is using better half and they actually found a match and they're talking. You still did not download that, okay? Next, you went to our YouTube, you liked the content, you still did not download that, okay? Then you went to our Instagram, you liked our feed, you did not download that. Then you went to our PR, I said, okay, very interesting story. Maybe you went to Glassdoor after that. Good company. Finally, after so many loops, actually ended up downloading, let's see the app. Now, most attribution tools, okay, work on the last click model. Unfortunately, a user doesn't work on that because users always have offline and online touch points. So this is what's question that we were struggling with. So let's invest into our data to find out what really happened with the company. So we started looking into, look, anything, generally what we say, anything that we can't attribute directly to paid falls under, let's see organic. So we know from Facebook ads, clearly, from Google ads, clearly, any affiliate clearly. So let's see out of 100, for example, 40 users came. So we said, okay, there's 40 is clearly paid. Now 60 is remaining out of 100 users. Then our team started looking into what happened to the 60. So we went to them, we started negating how many users came from ASO? How many users came from SEO? How many users then came from actual product word of mouth? So we do a brand awareness survey and we ask them, how did you come, right? And if the user says, 
hey, my friend told me he had that number. When everything is just like negative, let's see 20 is left. Then we say, guys, it's matching. This data is actually matching with the brand awareness. Now we'll give credit to Instagram. Now here is one more deeper model to that. Let's see on Instagram, a lot of people, we used to only track followers, right? Easier to see. It's a vanity metric. So then somebody came in, he said, let's talk about the basics, why the follower will ever grow. So if you are posting a content, if it's, it's the commitment to a community, that's the measurement that I want to go after. So which means how committed I am to the Instagram channel of Better Half, which will be measured by, let's see, the engagement and the sharing rate. So if there is, let's see, the first model for us is reach. If the content is reaching a large crowd versus, let's see, a small crowd, I will say the content is working, right? The second is if people are actually sharing that, I will say, hey, they like this content. So we measure these two metrics, reach and the share. Then finally, we say, did we invest anything over there? So there's a cost per share. So we track actually these metrics. We say, as long as we do that, we think it's heading well. And then finally, we looked into months of data to understand how many installs happened to that. So this is currently the model that we are actually, we have one. And ever since this data came in, this data came in about two months back or three months, said, I was so stupid not to invest into the content. And I was like, for one year, I used to ask our content, like, folks, you guys don't do nothing right here. Like it's, and they didn't have data. But when this data came in, we found out the fastest growth that's happening in terms of our user acquisitions coming through content, if it's attributed well. Uh, like I'll give you an X, like a number and a multiple. So if let's see, ASO is bringing us, let's see, X, you know, kind of like, let's see, installs, like the contact the 4X. So that's why we took a decision that we want to keep investing on content. And in content, you've got to be a little patient, like typical good model is 90 days, no questions asked, nice keep experimenting. Next 90 days, start reporting these core numbers of that channel. And then the data team is going to tell you what happened. And then you grow, uh, you know, uh, the active user acquisition numbers from there. Got it. So that was really insightful, uh, Pawan. Pretty, pretty long answer or something. Okay. No, that's 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 perfect. We that's we what wanted. we wanted. That's what we wanted. So just a quick question: If if you are supposed to, so you are there and you mentioned a lot of lot of social media platforms, right? Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, etc. What is that one platform that Pawan likes? What is that one platform which Pawan as a person likes? And what is the one platform which Pawan as a CEO of Better Half is much more inclined towards? Uh, so, uh, look, I can, you got to think uh, through data, not through emotions. Looking to our target audience, right? Typically 25 to 35, mostly, let's see, more target females, uh, and the reach has to be immense. It, it, it will be clearly Instagram okay, for us. Well, okay, we, we can't do this kind of like massive uh, things, right? You know, on any other channel, uh, considering also like LinkedIn doesn't have a gender data, right? So LinkedIn is, you can't even target, you know, kind of like females. Um, like, you know, Facebook, like, you know, the growth has actually shifted to Instagram, right? Uh, YouTube, we are still, it's very early. It's not a natural channel for us. Maybe another three months before the early traction actually comes in. So, and then uh, Pinterest people, generally the use case is more, mostly towards design. So it's not like, again, the major channel, right? So Twitter, again, it's mostly useful. Let's like, say journalists and, and if you're angry or something, right? <laughs> no use in a Twitter, right? So, uh, so Instagram is going to be clear, considering our demographic actually stand over there. But the second is actually stability and the maturity of that platform. So it, uh, about one and a half years back, we started our efforts. We were like 2K, 3K followers. Uh, we moved to now 70K. And then we moved away from tracking followers. And we moved to the actual core of the 
commitment to the community metric, which is reach and uh, share overall, uh, unique shares on a certain time. Let's say we counted on a weekly basis today. Uh, this is what we will continue to invest into this. And we also have demonstrations on data. So we launched our VR filter. Again, it was a pet project from two of our junior resources. Uh, so I think they cleaned up, we didn't know. It took us two or three months of seeding time and it started suddenly picking up. And this was all about, right, you know, the funny kind of like the memes thing and, hey, who is going to be your partner? What is you want to get married? So they keep on doing uh, this. Uh, they have like, you know, some plans to get on this. Um, and uh, what we found out that some celebrities started using it, right? So uh, we saw, you know, South Indian like actress use it. Yes, they said, okay, keep doing it. I find you are the international influencer with 22 million followers picked up. So like, man, like this is just going international. And overall, this has led to, you, I would say 600K uh, impressions for us. Um, and frankly, free of cost because we didn't invest anything, right? And uh, again, this is kind of like once in a year that we actually crack something like this. And I think the unique shares that we have actually is about more than 200K. And the demographics that we want to target is about 70% were like very good job. Okay, on this case. So I think I've given my goals. Uh, guys, one channel is something to some part we have cracked it. But guys, can we have like more and more of these repeatable stories across different channels? So you will see, you know, I've challenged my team uh, and on YouTube. Uh, coming to your question today, if you ask me, uh, for near term, which means like, let's see, for next one year, uh, we think, uh, especially now, I think it's going to be Instagram enough for us. All right. Bhavan, um, let's delve a bit into the uh, technical aspect of AI. Um, we want to understand uh, whether AI can actually limit the chances of cultural cross-pollination. Because um, when you see uh, the data is most likely to show that uh, people from the same ethnic or demographic group get married. And uh, isn't there any chance of AI reinforcing that? How does it work? Uh, okay, so I think I covered this partly about selection bias. Uh, first of all, to the scale of the company that we are, we don't think we have this problem today, unless this becomes kind of bigger, then we'll have to deal. But today what we do, as I stated, the control has been passed to you where you want to define your partner preferences. Let's see some people are more open. Uh, let's see about multiple releases, right? So I think the way onboarding works, if you say that I only want to be masked in like one uh, release, we will never change that for you. Okay, that's like you have the control for that. But let's see, here the AI does not have a role. Let's see, give me like profiles from like two or three different reasons. Then the AI starts thinking, right? Which is based on the users and the matches that we had in the past and based on the activity of the current user base, like should we like give you uh, this profile first versus the next like, you know, profile like later on. So this is where the AI actually comes in. So this is the start of the onboarding, right? After that, when you have two filters, must have and nice to have, must have will never change. That control and within nice to have, which is uh, some of the filters that we relax over time, we are moving to give more and more control to you. So you choose that. The only risk that we tell them, hey, the profiles are going to be limited. Okay, it's something, would you be okay with that? If you say yes, which some people are, we said, sure, we'll, we'll only give you something that you exactly want. Most people we see they're more open. So, and our argument is very simple. If compatibility is prioritized, where you're looking for, let's see, people who is a like a person who is a traveler or like certain kind of food, like, or like uh, I think certain career aspirations and there's certain match on the family background, there could be many, many different levels of match. And if you're in Delhi, 
does the person has to be on Delhi? Because the person we argue that it can be in India as well. So when we educate them, they get it. They're like, maybe the person is in Mumbai, right? Maybe the person is in Bangalore. Maybe the person is in Pune, right? So we just state that, hey, at least be open for a conversation. We have nobody to tell you whether you have to go on a date or not. But at least, you know, see whether this is something that you'd be interested in. Uh, and I think uh, if you look into this entire thing of compatibility matching, uh, I think we are prioritizing that over uh, the fact-based matching in our time. So I think these two dimensions that I stated about. Uh, again, since you answer those questions, I don't own that content. And today there are 12 questions. I want to add more and more marriage-related questions. We'll only power these experiences for you that helps you refine those results. Uh, rather than stating that you should be talking to someone else, that's not you know, our company's position. Um, and I think uh, this is where uh, I think our stand is that if we give a connection, uh, as of now, the feedback is very strong. That in better how people talk, unlike here, nothing happens, right? In our case, at least it's not that of a black box or something. So, so, so I don't think actually uh, that's a problem that we are dealing with. Uh, and, and only in rare circumstances where you have given us flexibility to open your things or your preferences, that's when I think AI uh, you know, takes a precedence. Uh, you know, with with your, I think, you know, consent. Got it. So, uh, just adding to that, Pawan, what do you think that can AI help in reducing the divorce rates in the country or globally? Uh, okay. So, look, uh, it's actually related to the last question. Um, so, when we think for an urban Indian, uh, typically compatibility matters to them, and that's how better half is designed which we will be rolling out more and more features for that. Uh, and it's optimized to give you higher number of connections per user in the least period of time, okay? Now, we will continue to operate that way, okay? Because we think it saves time, we think it's convenient, and our user also tells us about the same thing. Now, here is something we are doing. Now, I'll tell you what happened in the last two and a half years or three years. Uh, we would have, so we have done, let's see, uh, somewhere around, 20,000 to 25,000 dates, okay? Uh, so if you look into, let's, let me help you with the fun. Uh, it's about 2.2 million plus uh, matches that we have done on the products. Okay, so that's kind of like a testimony uh, uh, that's happening. That has led to, let's see, over 25,000 of date. Maybe it's between 25K to 50K. That has led to between 3,000 to 5,000 marriages, okay? Now we receive feedback from these marriages as well. Uh, so touchwood, uh, we have not received feedback about, hey, the marriages happen and hey, they're actually, uh, let's see, somebody is going through a divorce or something. And we do understand this could be a biased data, you know, where people don't feel like reporting back, but touchwood, we do not have that report, you know, so far. We have reports that, hey, dates has happened, we have become exclusive, our engagement date is going to be finalized, our marriages happen, right, it's something. And then some people also keep giving feedback, right? It's sometimes no post-marriage. But we think the scale of the marriages that we have done, especially in urban cities, that's a te testimony that I think we are matching them, uh, I think, aptly. And I think if we can keep advancing our compatibility, which goes through the feedback and of the user. So we keep running those polls, you know, something, which question would you want? I think uh, we think that's going to be, you know, useful, uh, you know, for this. We have no intent you know, to, <laughs> we, we have, you know, in the business of a relationship that lasts uh, rather than, uh, you know, doing something, you know, which is uh, not going to be, you know, useful or, you know, possibly, 
uh, doesn't lead to a successful relationship. So it doesn't help us, you know, <laughs> as well. So love marriage or carrying marriage, what, which marriage does better uh, I promote? Uh, I'll tell you, so better half, but okay. I'll tell you what I am game for and what better half does. Okay. I'm game for both. So I think that who are we to, to decide that for you, right? So uh, let's see if your parent has matched you. Uh, okay, that's one level of compatibility, right? And once you meet, you will find another level of compatibility. And maybe you have a great partner, right? We want to increase that. Same thing, if you said, if somebody found someone, maybe as a classmate, okay, maybe as a schoolmate, maybe they just met through a common friend, maybe as working professionals, and they like, you know, kind of like spending time with each other, who are we to tell them what's right or wrong? We just want to also promote that. Now, this is what is my position. Now, I'll tell you what is better half's position, okay? Better half as a product, okay, and as a company, choose to cater to urban Indians, okay, who like to have the first control. So in that sense, they said, we are going to just give a convenient medium for you. We're going to give a great curation for you. We're going to give a control to you so that you could be masked faster and, you know, you can enjoy more time, you know, with the person. So we are, I would say, kind of like love marriages or something if they had done it, it's all offline, right? Something. So kind of like a made of that. So we are changing, I would say, both ways, right? We're changing uh, arranged marriages to love marriages, which is already the industry is actually changing. We're also love marriages towards arranged marriages. The reason is we encourage you to please have, at some point, make sure your family is on board. Uh, and also, uh, two years back, our tagline used to be, uh, arranged marriages turn into love marriages. So I said, like, cool, right? That's the where the behavior of the Indians is going on. That's exactly where our product is positioned uh, in order to that. So wow. that was an interesting take, you know, arranged love, arranged marriage into love marriage and love marriage into uh, arranged marriage. Yeah, we just want marriages, right? So, yes. Uh, yes. So, and, and, and we choose that. Um, we think that's a modern product designed for, as a new age matrimony for urban Indians. If we can power that, look, the love will can happen, you know, mm-hmm. once you meet. But you also say, make sure, uh, because of India and marriages and wedding are not going to happen without parents. So, and there's no point fighting without parents, right? So, just make sure they're on the board as well. Yeah, so you want to be that bridge for everyone out there, whether they prefer love marriage or... Uh, it is. We think since the arranged marriages are uh, declining, and I think the uh, the self-arranged marriages, I would say, uh, that's actually growing up. We, we As a product and as a company, we choose to cater to this market. Uh, and I think that's where I think uh, we are more positioned as a company uh, in the current generation, uh, you, know, uh, you know, for the audience. All right. Pawan, um, AI and ML, what's in it for marketing and marketers of the future? Can you please tell us in brief three crucial skills required for marketers to leverage AI? Okay, so I don't have exact answer for this. The reason is uh, both of these are tools you know, for a marketer to use it to their advantage. I'll tell you what's lacking in the industry. Uh, and I think I've touched upon this point okay, in the interview. Uh, today, market was, okay, it's something they love to create things, right? Let's say content creation, but they don't want to either delve into content distribution, it's, uh, which is harder. Uh, but uh, the, the key is the success and failure of those experiments and those projects are not being measured. And that's a big loophole that I see. 
and any marketer. Uh, so I think what I see is any whether it's your paid marketer or let's see you're handling ASO, SEO, or product or content. I think the right measurement through data to understand what the success mean or what does failure mean, that is super critical for me. So uh, we, I don't see that's happening much okay, in the industry. Okay, So this is a big, uh, I think, uh, thing. I think my recommendation is to become data paranoid and less emotions paranoid. Uh, uh, Look, here is a room for branding, right? Since it's more creative role, it's more art. They'll always be like more focused on like great things, right? Okay, it's like crazy ideas, viral ideas, great content, okay? Which generally gets measured for brand awareness. But I think completing that cycle from how brand awareness to brand consideration uh, to acquisition to activation and finally the behavior, I see that slacking, uh, you know, and not just... Uh, here, but many, many out of hundred, I'll hardly find one or two companies doing it right. Okay, so that's one. The second is, I think the cultural um, marketing. Uh, you know, since it's evolving very fast, I think the entire marketing is still run in many traditional ways. Um, while most companies have now moved to data, I think the entire culture of experimentation is actually missing uh, today. Which means. If you are data paranoid, if you are measurement of like any experiment paranoid, we'll always think when to test one, two, three, four, five, six, which in, I think the technical terms, it's A, B, C, D, E. You can keep going like this. So don't stop at A, B experiment. Move to C, move to D, move to E. And my framework to think about if it's a fast moving experiment, and if you have, let's see, more than 40% success rate, like for every five experiments that goes live very fast, which means two experiments per week. If that's the speed that you are launching and making it live, and if you're succeeding in two, that's a very high rate we're talking about. So think into this, at the end of the month, you want to have eight to 10 experiments, you would have succeeded in four, but if you do it for three months of time, you would have succeeded in, let's see, 10 experiments out of 50 such experiments that you would have run, and now you don't understand the patterns. So it actually can be productized. You know, if you think that way, so the marketer needs to think like a product uh, owner, and somebody who's very, very strong on analytics, that's how you can convince teams. Uh, and I think when you talk on the layer of data, opinions take a back seat. And I think that's kind of like missing you know, out there. All right, Pawan. To conclude our episode, where can we expect to see Better Half in the future? And where can our listeners find Better Half on social media or website? Can you please? Yeah, so I'll tell you, like, uh, till March of this year, uh, I'm going to disclose some part. If you ask me the same question in April of next year, my response is going to change. So, which I'm going to hold. Okay. Uh, now, coming to that, my response is valid uh, till March 31st of 2022. Okay. Uh, so, okay. So, better half today is uh, ranked uh, number seven. Okay. In the matrimonial industry uh, on the basis of daily acquired user base. Okay. Bharat matrimony does 14,000, Shai.com does 12,000. G1 does about 5,000 to 6,000. Better half does about 1,500 or 2,000, right? Uh, not on that number per day. So we are moving to scaling it three times and uh, and become number three in the industry. You know, that's our clear goal, you know, by let's see by June of next year. And I think once we become number three, we'll think on becoming number one. So, you know, kind of more realistic. But that's exactly better half is heading to launch in more and more uh, cities, number one, that will be uh, mainly urban Indians. So metro and tier one cities. We want to become the number one choice for these urban Indians 
who think that this is the best matrimony app and this is first option compared to any other matrimonial apps or something or serious dating apps and on the business side uh, we would want to move to the rank third and uh, on i think on revenue side i will tell today we are operating at 1 million arr sometimes we have slightly crossed that number as well but we are moving to i think uh, how do we get do 3 to 5 million annual recurring of business uh, it as i think that's where you know i think the company is heading to so you will see any time we talk we're talking on uh, these numbers all right pawan it was a pleasure having you thank you so much for coming to our session and all the best to you and better half ai thank you so much thank you so much pawan thanks thank you so much guys